1: People are just going to pretend that Kevin McCarthy did an adequate job during the midterms. No, obviously he didn't. And obviously there are some big issues here. Uh, Sorry, but I don't think he has the intellectual furniture. I don't think he has the depth of knowledge. I don't think he has the drive, the organizational skill uh, to be the guy who's in charge of, well, at this point, the entire Congress. Uh, No, sorry. You saw the results. We saw the results. He was in charge of doing a much, much, much better job. And, um, well, I think some heads have got a roll. <laughs> and I don't think he should be rewarded for a pretty mediocre job. Then again, he's a pretty mediocre guy. He is a uh, big smile, great handshake, twinkle in his eye. You know, I would definitely buy a car from him, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if he should be entrusted with our legislative branch. Do you? Let's take a look at his career. It's, well, what you might expect. Yep, career politician. He's been in this game since the age of 22. And, uh, well, he's on the cusp of something really, really big. Hey, these guys, an ordinary guy like Kevin, I mean, he's a nice person, but only in politics could a guy like Kevin get this. Treatment of, uh, well, a very important person. Uh, Now, really, what is his skill? What is he really good at? Um, And can you believe this level of attention? (laughs) I don't know. This is why I guess these guys love politics so much. And he is close to one of the ultimate prizes in the game the speakership of the House of Representatives. And take a look at the office. Uh, It's like King Louis XIV, this is what Nancy will be leaving. Is this Versailles? No. It's the United States capital, and it's totally over the top, and you can see how these guys might lose focus about, you know, what the real issues are or why they hopefully went into government in the first place. Way too much with the frills, not enough getting it done. Donald Trump the other day talked about term limits and lobbying bans. More on that in a bit. But I think that could do a lot, a lot for the good of this country. But uh, back to Kevin. You know, Kevin got very, very nervous right away. January 6th, right after January 6th, you know what he said? He said President Trump should resign. He was leaving office on January 20th. He wanted him to resign with only days to go.
2: Now, this is one personal fear I
1: have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversation about Pence partying. I, I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass. And it would be my recommendation we should be done.
2: Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it. But I don't know.
1: What? January 10th. He's leaving the presidency January 20th. He's already at this point acknowledged there will be a transition and he wants him to resign. This man is too nervous for the big leagues, in my opinion. And he's definitely a creature of the swamp. I mean, he talks like the swamp. He follows their January 6th narrative. Here he is on January 13th. Who wrote this speech for him? Nancy Pelosi? Last week's violent attack on the Capitol was undemocratic, un-American, and criminal. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility, quell the brewing unrest, and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. Actually, Kevin McCarthy, he bears a lot of responsibility for January 6th. He's right there. The Capitol Police, in part, report to him, the leadership, right? What did he do and what has he done about January 6th? Because you've seen it by now if you watch this show. That little cop waving everybody up onto the steps. Step right up. The Capitol is this way. The other Capitol Police officers just standing there. As people walk on in, has Kevin McCarthy talked about this? He hasn't. He's run from this issue for whatever reason. I don't understand. And what about those cops who took a coffee break uh, right at the moment of truth? No, let's uh, let's go over here. Yeah, why not? Yeah, all hell breaks loose, and in a few seconds, Ashley Babbitt is shot and killed. I think that Kevin McCarthy, well, he has not addressed this. He doesn't seem to be willing to address it. He can't really do much in the way of politics or governing. I'd like to see him leave. I really would. Donald Trump gave a great speech this week. He's running for president. Isn't that fantastic? Um, now, I'm not a politician. I know what I'm saying about it. I want him to run. I like it. I want him to win. Now, if I say was conflicted about that, I might say, I haven't made up my mind, or, I don't know, there's got to be a decent answer if you don't want to support Trump at this point. Listen to how Kevin handles it when he's asked.
2: Are you prepared to endorse President Trump?
1: Why? Why? No, what are, you, are, are you prepared to endorse him? Do, do you, know? you endorse him? You guys are crazy. You've got to do better than that. I mean, I've never been in Congress, but I think I could do better than that. Uh... My friend J.R. Majewski, a Republican of Ohio, he put down his entire life to run for Congress. And a fake news story was put out about his military service. They lied about him. It made Kevin nervous, apparently. And he didn't give any money to the campaign. He pulled all back. He pulled it all back and left this man hanging in the lurch. Majewski had something to say about that in a special op-ed. I am a Republican who lost on Tuesday. It wasn't Trump's fault. It was the cowards in D.C. Mick leadership. D.C.'s Mick leadership. And that's about McCarthy. All these guys are alike, though, the career politicians. You know, Paul Ryan became a congressman when he was like 27 or something like that. And look at him now. He's in his early 50s. He is well on his way to making, I think, his first half billion dollars. He loves it, and he is a professional ex-speaker of the House of Representatives. That's his job. Just go to his Twitter feed. It says it right there. Paul Ryan, uh, office of the 54th Speaker of the House. You see it there? Yeah. I, <laughs> doesn't it usually say dad or, you know, soccer fan? No. No. Office. Uh, Do you get an office when you leave the office? Apparently, you do, and that's why these guys want these jobs, so they can cash in. And I do believe that is Kevin's plan. That's one of the reasons why Kevin may not be prepared to endorse Donald Trump. Take a look at this. To further
2: drain the swamp, I will push for a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on members of Congress. It's time. It's time. And I will ask for a permanent ban on taxpayer funding of campaigns, a lifetime ban on lobbying by former members of Congress and cabinet members. Now I see what they make. They leave the White House, or they leave Congress and they're paid millions and millions and millions of dollars a year, no, you have to have a ban.
1: I love it. I love the idea. I don't think Kevin McCarthy or many members in Congress do, right? No, Kevin can't be into that. So we have a bit of a problem here. Look, I'm not on the inside. I don't know. Maybe he's good at whatever the hell it is they do, but uh, I've got an alternative. Lee Zeldin, Republican congressman from he was recently almost stabbed as he was running for governor. Horrible, horrible incident. He ran a great campaign. Now, he didn't pull it off. He didn't get elected, but his coattails were amazing. Hey, they also a bunch of gangbangers opened fire outside of his house. Okay, Uh, this guy really, really went all out uh, for New Yorkers. And look at this. I mean, I'm sorry, but he talks better than Kevin. You got people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impacted them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism on our streets. It just happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back, job well done. No, actually, right now there should be a special session. The state legislature should come back and they should overhaul
2: Castle's bail and these other pro. Criminal laws with zero tolerance.
1: Fashion. That's a man with skin in the game. He's in it for the right reasons. Now, he will soon lose his house seat because he ran for governor. Oh, by the way, one of the reasons why the Republicans are going to be in the majority it's because of him and his coattails. Four uh, solidly Democrat districts outside of New York City are now red thanks to Lee Zeldin's coattail. So. A lot of us think that Lee Zeldin would be a great Speaker of the House. Technically speaking, you don't have to actually be a House member to be Speaker of the House. That would be interesting, and I do believe better than the alternative in Kevin McCarthy, okay? All right. So, hey, some of my favorites, though, in Congress are hard at work. Have you seen it? We've got the Jim Jordan. We've got Comer. They are out there aggressively outlining their agenda. And you know what? It's great that they're going to investigate the Bidens, the FBI. This is part of what Congress is supposed to do. Oversight, accountability, and it looks like we're really going to have some.
2: Today, we're going to provide you with something that you all aren't used to uh, with respect to congressional investigations, and that's evidence. Joe Biden told the American people he had nothing to do with and never had conversations with his family about their business dealings. That was a lie. Joe Biden is the big guy. This evidence raises troubling questions about whether President Biden is a national security risk. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality, from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. We're committed to getting to the truth, the facts. We think that's what the American people are entitled to.
1: Well, I think these guys are great. They're off to a great start. And hopefully, I mean, Hunter Biden, can you believe that? Can you believe that happened in the laptop? And vast portions of the government and the media told us, no, 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 that's Russia disinformation. And the FBI? Oh, desperate for oversight. Must be investigated and possibly dismantled. Start all over again because this is such a mess. On the Senate side, Josh Hawley. Ooh. Really, really calling out the FBI director, uh, Chris Ray. Did you see this? It's good.
0: The FBI has been sending more than, in one instance, a dozen armed agents to a rural Pennsylvania home of a Catholic pro-life demonstrator to arrest him at gunpoint in front of his children in early morning hours despite the fact that he posed no risk of violence or threat and had previously offered to turn himself in. Numerous whistleblowers, field agents, have alleged that D.C., Your headquarters has pulled them off working on child sex abuse cases, working on human trafficking cases in order to work on January 6th matters for this reason. To give the appearance, they say, they say that there are hundreds of new domestic terrorism cases in the country when in fact there are not. Whistleblowers, field agents have also said that D.C. has ordered the use of SWAT teams on nonviolent suspects who may have attended a January 6th rally and... They have been ordered to conduct surveillance and knock on doors of people who were not even in D.C. on January 6th. And again, all of this, according to the whistleblowers, these are your agents, all of this in order to make it look as if there's a mass surge in domestic terrorism all across the country when, in fact, the stats are being padded by political directive in your office. They also say, these whistleblowers, the DC leadership deliberately suppressed investigations into Hunter Biden, contrary to FBI procedure, and have also retaliated against FBI agents and whistleblowers who have contacted Congress, which by the way, they are protected by statute to do so. This is what's happening at your FBI while you are evading oversight hearings. Mr. Director, do you think you're still up to this job? I absolutely think I'm still up to this job, and I think our workforce feels the same way. Well, I don't. And frankly, I think you should have been gone a long time ago. And given your behavior recently, I think it only makes it more clear. Are there any travel plans today that we should be aware of that you have? We're supposed to have a second round. Will you be here for that?
1: Yes. Ooh, that was good. That was so good. Um, the last part, by the way, you know what he's getting at? Over the summer, Christopher Ray deceived Congress, said he had to catch a flight. The heavy implication was that he had to, uh, you know, FBI business somewhere. He had to go somewhere important on FBI business. You know where he's going? You know where he's in a rush blowing off Congress? He's going on vacation. And he took an FBI plane to go on vacation. But some of the stuff that Senator Hawley was actually talking about, it reminds me of the Paul Pelosi case. Yes, Paul Pelosi. Uh, We don't know the whole story here with Paul Pelosi. Believe me, we don't. But when I looked at the federal affidavit, um, something leaped out at me. It was written by an FBI agent. And take a look at this. Uh, The FBI agent had only been on the job for a couple of years. And she specializes in domestic terrorism. Well, we just don't have all that much in the way of domestic terrorism, actually, if you rule out Antifa and the BLM uh, riots. So this was code. I picked it up right away for January 6th investigations. Yeah, that's their view of domestic terrorism. Uh, Oh, Nancy Pelosi is calling it a career, at least as far as House leadership goes, What is there to say? Not much. She uh, obviously around way too long and did much harm to this country. Who could be next on the Democrat side as far as leadership? Looks like it's this guy.
3: The threat right now in this country to the American people are extreme MAGA Republicans. That's the threat. That's the problem. That's the crisis that we confront. Extreme MAGA Republicans.
1: That's me, I guess. I'm the problem. I like to say ultra MAGA. Yeah, I'm the threat to democracy. You too, maybe, huh? Give it up, Hakeem. This is Hakeem Jeffries, and he's been there since uh, 2012. And everybody says this is probably the next minority leader. Could be a speaker someday. Not much in the way, just like Kevin McCarthy. Not much in the way of intellect or accomplishment. Uh, For this guy, though, you know what his calling card is? The name, Hakeem. I mean, that is, come on, that's fashionable. That is so cool right now. And I think that's what's happening here. All right, stay with us. What's happening at Fox News? Why are they ignoring Donald Trump? He made a big speech on Tuesday. Watch them ignore him on Wednesday. Uh, It was really wild. And some of these individuals, even you, Greg Gutfeld. Why wouldn't you talk about him? I'll be right back. Well, it's been a very busy and interesting week so far. On Tuesday night, President Trump announced for President of the United States, a former president running for president again this is huge. This has only happened a handful of times in our country. And as we all know, a lot of folks are really fascinated by President Trump. Also, this is particularly early. It's interesting. It's new and different. It's going to dominate the news or at least make the news, right? It's got to be on Fox News, right? What about on their number one show, The Five? Uh, not really. Not really. I was, uh, yeah, no, uh, this is a hot topic, but it wasn't on their hot topic list. We are live from
2: Hollywood, Florida for the fourth annual Patriot Awards. The sun is shining bright and you can taste a little extra freedom in the air.
3: I figured out why there are so many
1: fights on planes. Nobody can see the last word. So the guy's pushing his bag into the overhead compartment. And the guy said, hey, could you watch out for my bag? And the other guy goes, I'm respecting the space of your bag. And so this is like uh, the good citizenship award. Adult version. All right, all right. Mm. So, I mean, it goes on like this. They don't talk about Trump. Seems to me like they have orders to not talk about Donald Trump. Now, some of these folks, I'm really surprised. I mean, Donald Trump has been good to them, actually. Janine, Judge Janine, you know how many times Donald Trump did her interview show Even on Saturday night, even when it wasn't doing that well, Donald Trump would do that show. Same goes for Greg Gutfeld. Hey, Greg has always had great ratings. And, you know, look, I'm not saying these guys have to be nice to him even. They could be critical. How about that Jesse guy? And Trump has showed up on his show. I mean, at least, at least talk about it because he's newsworthy. But they didn't. They talked about him a grand total of one time, and it was a passing reference, and they were really talking about something else. Isn't it weird how all of the antipathy towards Trump sh- shifted to Elon Musk? Yes. And what do they both have in common? They both fire people. <laughs> and, and the other thing about, that I like about Elon Musk a lot is that I'm a jerk. He's a jerk. All right. By the way, I, I no hard feelings. I like some of these people, but um, they have bosses. Everybody has a boss. And sometimes you have to make the decision. Do I do? I, Agree with the boss, do I try to give do I fight back? Do I push back? Well, the boss is Rupert Murdoch and his sons, and these guys are very, very rich, very, very powerful. Hey, by the way, I mean they 've created something magnificent, a big company and it employs lots of people and all over the world that 's good, but these guys are accustomed to getting what they want, and they 've got a big beef with other billionaires, successful billionaires like Donald Trump. Uh, billionaires are very strange with each other. You know, you've got four billion. I've got 44 billion. They have these feuds and these squabbles. And it seems to me like it's personal between the Murdochs and Trump. Well, take a look at this headline, if you will. It's the New York Post. This was the day after Trump declared. And yeah, get it. Florida man makes announcement, right? This was obviously a, uh, a slight and they wanted to make a thing out of it. So they made it small. Get the joke. I don't particularly. I think it's a disservice to their readers. And over at Fox, it's a disservice to their viewers. But the billionaire thing, I guess, is important when your boss is a billionaire. Listen to how Steve Ducey asked a question of, um, I think it was Mike Pence.
2: You're going to need money. And in particular, anybody who runs for president needs a lot of money. The mega donors uh, so far, it, it doesn't look like they're back behind Donald Trump. Ken Griffin, uh, the CEO at Citadel, has said he would back Ron DeSantis. This morning, Axios has got a story that uh, Steve Schwarzman, the guy behind Blackstone, worth billions of dollars, he's defecting. Uh, he said it's time for a new generation of leadership. I intend to support one of them, the new generational leadership, in the presidential primaries. He, They all say we want Want somebody who is electable.
1: Interesting. They all say, they all say. All the billionaires, the mega donors. Now Rupert Murdoch, and the Murdoch family. These are definitely mega donors. And obviously, this is how rich they are. By the way, who remembers the Beverly Hillbillies show? Before my time, but I did see it in reruns. You know, Jethro when they strike gold and they show up. They move to Holly. They move to Beverly Hills. Lachlan Murdoch, the son, lives in that very mansion today. One of his homes. It's <laughs> that wild. I, I I never thought of it as being a real house, but it's a. I guess it's a real house, and that's where, that's where the guy lives. How about that, huh? Hey, one other thing. The New York Post, man. So they're giving Trump a hard time, and that's fine. I guess you're supposed to give the big people a hard time. They're also giving the little people a hard time. Now, somebody said, I think it was Mr. Pulitzer, about 120 years ago, the job of the newspaper is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that nice in a way? You know, help the little guy, give the rich, powerful guy a hard time. I can live with that. No, that's not in fashion anymore. That's not what they do. Take a look at this headline in Rupert Murdoch's New York Post. Janitor allegedly caught on video dumping household trash at work. Now, I got to admit, when I first saw this headline, I thought, well, he must be dumping his trash on the boss's desk, right? No, he's putting his trash in the trash and they put it in the newspaper. Here's the guy, Juan, uh, Juan Acosta. He's taking trash out of his car that he lives in Pennsylvania. There's a there's a maintenance fee in Pennsylvania. So he brings it and puts it on the trash near where he works. He's a janitor at a school. He gets to work at six in the morning. This was in the newspaper. They're blowing up this guy's life because he puts the trash in the trash. This is what they wrote. New York Post owned by Rupert Murdoch. Juan Acosta, who lives 75 miles away in Stroudsburg, routinely arrives early at P.S. 48 Monday morning with huge bags of trash, which he dumps in front of his workplace. Stunning video shot over the past four years by the whistleblower show. Stunning video. Was that stunning video? Were you stunned? I've seen viral videos before. Uh, there he goes, opening his trunk. There comes a bag. And where is he putting those bags? In the trash. This is uh, this is not stunning stuff. Thank you, Mr. Whistleblower. So this guy, um, in his hometown, they want to charge $35 per month for the trash. He chose to save a few dollars. Uh, The article goes on. The whistleblower accused Acosta, who makes $134,000 yearly and pocketed $160,000 with overtime in 2021, of being so cheap and obnoxious that he apparently schleps the trash across three states to save $400 a year. Well, good for him. I don't care how he wants to save money. Sounds like this whistleblower has possibly a personal beef with him uh well how about this the tipster said he waited four years how's this for how's this for christianity how's this for judeo-christian values (laughs) he wanted to pile up enough evidence so that acosta can't talk his way out of being disciplined how about going to the guy if it's such a crime and maybe intervening no No, that's not how this all works. So what does the New York Post do with this? Besides put it in the newspaper, they go to the Department of Sanitation. They track down the muckety-mucks. After being shown the videos by the Post, Joshua Goodman, a sanitation department spokesman, said, Illegal dumping is a crime, a theft of public space, and a disrespect of our neighborhoods, he added. The agency's enforcement officers... uh, the garbage man uh, would review them. And, and, and an investigation is underway. Uh, this is this is pathetic. This is the oldest newspaper in the country, which is capable of great things. Hey, these guys, they printed the Hunter Biden laptop. They talked about that. But now they're sticking it to President Trump and sticking it to this guy. A couple more things. According to the whistleblower, you know, the guy at work who doesn't like him. Hey, everybody has somebody at work who doesn't like him. Sometimes more than. (laughs) Well, anyway, he thinks he's untouchable and that nothing applies to him. He said that's the kind of air he carries even on the job. Now, can I see that video one more time? Doesn't he look like a real snob, this guy coming in with his air? Look at him at six in the morning, right? I mean, what a big shot. There he is with his mask on at six in the morning. Hey, oh, by the way. This poor guy shows up at 6 in the morning. He lives in Pennsylvania, but he works in New York. That is a big trip, all right? That is a pain in the neck. He's a hardworking guy. His name is Juan Acosta, and billionaires are giving him a hard time? Wow. Mr. Acosta, I am so sorry you went through this. Try not to let him get you down. If there's anything I can do, please reach out. We're trying to track you down, and I'm sorry for all of this. Wow. Wow. Mr. Murdoch owes you an apology. And he owes Trump an apology, too. You're in good company. Stay with us. We will be right back. The fake news just
2: doesn't get it, do they?
1: they? No, they don't. And the fake news, they really had it out for Carrie Lake, who, well, apparently won't be the next governor of Arizona, I think there were a lot of shenanigans in this election. We don't know the full story, but it looks like Katie Hobbs will be the next governor. It was a very close race, and I don't think we know the full story about the stuff that happened on Election Day. But let's assume for a moment that uh, Katie Hobbs wins and she's not the next governor. It reminds me of somebody else who lost a race for governor in 1962. Richard Nixon ran for governor of California and lost. This was two years after he ran against Kennedy for the presidency. Almost everybody said Nixon is finished. He was about 50 years old. No way, no way did he have a future in politics, especially how mean he was to the press. Well, six years later, he was elected president of the United States. Carrie Lake seems to have lost this election. I don't like the word lost. Again, I think it's... uh, No, I don't. uh, Again, I don't think we have the whole story. Where will she be in six years? It's limitless. Her potential is unlimited, in my opinion. You ever hear of Tony Robbins, the, uh, the life coach? I heard him say once that most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. It's kind of interesting. So, uh, Keep an eye on Carrie Lake. Hey, one of the reasons why the media, they're gloating so much about uh, her loss. She had their number and has their number every step of the way. Who remembers this?
2: Hi. Hi. Hi, nice
0: to see you Come You don't have a
2: mask on anymore. What's we're, we're
0: going on? Outside. Wow, well, chat?
2: we're six feet apart.
0: <laughs> do you have a minute to chat?
2: Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. <laughs> Does that still exist? Yeah. I didn't think so because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. Thank you. you. This is problem. That's involuntary servitude. Well,
1: ah, that was good. That was great. So those people, they don't like to look bad. And they should look bad, because they are bad. Anyway, when Carrie Lake, when they the first moment they could say she lost, they did it with gusto and relish.
3: CNN
0: projecting Democrat Katie Hobbs will win Arizona's governor's race. Defeating Republican Carrie Lake, one of the most prominent defenders of former President Trump's lies about the 2020 election.
2: Somebody who liked to call her opponents cheaters and crooks who told john mccain's supporters to leave and walk out the door who campaigned as a donald trump mini-me was sent walking republicans are going to be looking at this in the state as kyung was just saying and saying what did we do wrong how did we nominate this person and how do we fix the republican Party?"
1: yeah, no, I don't think that's actually the history of this campaign. No way. She barely, barely, barely lost this election. And she had never run a race before. She was a newcomer to politics and she was an outstanding candidate. Uh, again, they're resentful because she saw right through them and um, helped a lot of people see through them as well. <laughs> reportedly, that's the next governor of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, the Democrat. Uh, Yes, it seems like she's won. All reports are that she's won the race for governor of Arizona, beating Carrie Lake. As you know, I've been pulling for Carrie Lake. However, well, a couple of things. Take a look at how close this race was, or perhaps I should say is. Only a difference of 16,000 votes. And remember, it took them like what? a week to figure it out and we're hearing more and more about huge problems with this election Um, to the best of my knowledge uh carrie lake has not actually conceded the race so uh what's happening here and what could happen next let's bring in rick grinnell of course you know him as senior trump administration official and also a good friend of newsmax former ambassador to germany And he's been very active and close with the Kerry Lake and the uh, Republicans in Arizona. Hey, Mr. Ambassador, welcome back. What's happening here?
3: Greg, thanks for having me. Well, I just got back to California from Arizona, and there's a massive uh, counting going on. Um, I can tell you, Maricopa County is the worst county in the country when it comes to uh, counting votes. They're just hostile. Um, you should hear some of the things that they say back to us. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, Greg. They're watching their Twitter feed, which is a little bit crazy, but they've complained to our attorneys that there's some mean tweets going on about Maricopa County and they want us to try to work to stop those mean tweets. <laughs> and uh, our response was, Why are you monitoring Twitter? <laughs> Why do you care about your PR image? Shouldn't you get back to counting? Look, it's a mess. Um, the attorney general's race. Let's let's look at that, if if you would. Today, uh, there was a fifty-five vote difference between Abe Hamadeh, the Republican attorney general candidate, and his opponent, and uh, it's been fluctuating between that and about one hundred and forty-three, one hundred and ninety-four, back down to ninety. It's just been going up and down all day. But out of 2.4 million votes, the attorney general's race is within 100 votes. Uh, That's crazy. And there's still voting uh, votes to be counted. Uh, So, you know, it's frustrating for Carrie, uh, Carrie Lake, to see that her opponent, Katie Hobbs, is the one overseeing the elections. She didn't um, back out. And and remove herself from being the one who is counting the votes. But imagine that you're the secretary of state counting the votes for your own governor's race. That seems very, very problematic.
1: And we have all kinds of testimonials from individuals who had huge problems. Uh, These are regular voters and uh, they're coming to light. And uh, let's hear their stories real quick
0: my polling precinct was at the Anthem Outlets. We were being told that 70% of uh, the voting cards were not being read. I was a poll observer on November 8th at the El Dorado Park Community Center in Scottsdale. Between 11.30 and noon, approximately 10% of the ballots were
3: failing. Between noon and 12.30, approximately 20% of the ballots were failing. Between 12.30 and one o'clock, four of every seven ballots were failing.
0: On voting day, I got to the polls at PVCC at 7 p.m. And they denied me the right to vote and made me go home, even though there was a long line of people still waiting.
1: And we have many, 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 many stories like this. Look, it's only a 16,000 vote differential. Um, what are Carrie Lake's options at this point? As I mentioned, the media is calling it, but she hasn't conceded. And logically, I mean, it looks like it's very close. I, I don't know if this, I guess technically, this does not trigger a recount Um, But where are we and what are her options?
3: Well, there certainly will be a a recount for the attorney general's race. That's for sure. But for Kerry and for others, um, I I think they're just out of luck because of all these problems. But let's be very clear about something. Everybody knew, including Katie Hobbs, who is the secretary of state running for governor, uh, Katie Hobbs running this election. She knew darn well that Republicans were going to overwhelmingly vote on Election Day. And what happened? At least 25% of the tabulators in Maricopa County, the largest county in Phoenix, that uh, area, Maricopa County, 25% at least of the tabulators did not work. And so people had to wait, sometimes hours, and a lot of people left. When you're trying to vote and you've only got a little little bit of time, you're not going to stick around. So what did we do? By the end of the day, we petitioned the courts and said, you need to leave the uh, polls open an extra couple of hours because of all the problems that were going on today. We were denied those extra couple of hours. That, that didn't get into the media. The media didn't report that we were trying to keep the polls open, making sure we didn't suppress votes. But uh, the the judge denied it and the Democrats closed. Katie Hobbs closed the polls, even though there was massive amounts of lines, problems all day with at least 25% of the tabulators and a lot of frustrated people. And now what are we seeing? A very close race for governor and literally neck and neck for attorney general could be less than 100 votes. I can tell you this, Greg, I've already heard from more than 100 people who walked out of line because those tabulators were not working, and they didn't want to wait hours in line. This is an outrage. It shouldn't be happening in America, and it's happening in Maricopa County, the embarrassment of the entire country. You know, and one factor here, they falsely accused
1: Republicans, especially Carrie Lake, of being a threat to democracy because she had concerns about the 2020 election, concerns that I share. And I heard rhetoric like clear and present danger And if you think you have a clear and present danger toward democracy, that could conceivably um, motivate people to do things they shouldn't do. I wonder, like perhaps uh, Katie Hobbs not recusing herself as she should do. Uh, Well, listen, I'm sorry the way things are in Arizona, but uh, we shall see. Thank you. Hey, last thing, and I only got 20 seconds. How do we fix this for 2024? I'm rooting for President Trump. I would love to see it happen. How do we know that they're not going to pull some of this stuff
3: that I think is being pulled uh, on him? Well, it's a complicated question. We could probably do a whole segment on it. But what I would say is, is people must vote. And we must get much more aggressive about watching the polls and making sure that we do everything legal. If that's ballot harvesting, that's not legal in Arizona, but in other places it is. And we should do everything that we can do legally to compete with them. And we also need money. We need people to get involved. The Democrats had way more money than us this time. Rick Grinnell, so glad you are involved, sir. Uh, Thank you very much. To be continued,
1: and we'll be right back. It is working.
2: The reality is there are a thousand people killed in 20 months. The, it is working. These states in the United States that have a rate of homicide that is 40% higher are MAGA states. They are Trump states. I'll say it again. The rate of homicide in Trump states as compared to Biden states, take all 50 of them, is 40% you know, higher. Probably-
1: well, that was uh, the district attorney of Philadelphia and being so deceptive there. Uh, This guy is woke. He's crazy. Crime is out of control in Philadelphia. The good news is he was just impeached by uh, by lawmakers in the capital of Pennsylvania. We're joined by former United States senator from Pennsylvania, the Republican Rick Santorum. Senator, welcome back. Uh, (laughs) I find that guy quite amusing and sad, actually, at the same time. Can they actually remove him from office?
2: Uh, They can. Yeah, they can, uh, will they? I think it's unlikely. They need two-thirds votes in the Senate. Uh, they passed the resolution right before the end of this session. Uh, they are, uh, what I understand, they're, they're not going to hold the trial until January of next year. Even though it's a different, uh, different, you know, uh, different co- uh, uh, legislature, uh, they, it does carry over from one year to the next. I'm sure Krasner will go in court and try to protest that, but uh, they are going to have an impeachment trial in the Senate in January. Uh, the Republicans hold a majority. Uh, they have 28 of the 50 senators, but they don't have two thirds. And to convict, they're going to have to convince some Democrats. And that's, you know, just like as as it would be in Washington, highly unlikely.
1: Wow. Uh, well, he's woke and weird and totally deserves yeah. removal. Senator, listen, you know this country so well. You served in the House, the Senate. Uh, you ran for president and uh, you're taking all of this in. Right now, and you are conservative, like me, um, how do you feel about the country? Are you optimistic? You know, we were a little bit dispirited last week. We wanted more. Just give us your sense of where we are and where we're going right now, if you don't mind.
2: Well, I, look, I think we're in a real battle. We're in the battle. Uh, for the. I think you, Donald Trump is right in this regard. We're really in a battle for the heart and soul of America. And uh, the, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I look at my colleagues that I served with 25 years ago, like Joe Biden, and if you look at the speeches that he gave 25 years ago and look at the speeches now, they're fundamentally different speeches. He believes in fundamentally different things. If you look at the speeches I gave 25 years ago, they're the same as I'm giving now, and that goes for most Republicans, which is, which what I'm saying is we've seen the left drag this country. You know, they, they call, they call the, uh, the, the folks on the right, they, we're the cultural warriors, we're the folks who are trying to you know, become fascist republicans haven't changed at all i mean we've changed on a few minor things uh and thanks to donald trump and you know we've we've focused more on middle income americans instead of just cutting taxes for wealthy people but that's that's hardly going becoming fascist so i th- i think what what's happened is the left has dragged this country and their their woke agenda and their socialism and it's time for for republicans and conservatives to finally say enough and fight back and i think that's one of the reasons people have gathered around donald trump And folks like Ron DeSantis and others who are fighters who are willing to go out there and take these folks on.
1: And, Senator, uh, you're way young enough to be president someday. (laughs) I hope you're not ruling it out. Uh, Don't say anything. I don't want you to say no. And thank you so much. Good to see you tonight. Thanks, Greg. All right, Senator Rick Santorum, and we'll be right back. Thank you. One week till Thanksgiving. I'll see you tomorrow.